up, guys? Welcome back to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. My name is Victor, and first off, I just need to explain a few things, and I feel like I have to do this every time we upload a podcast, so I'm sorry, but yes, we've missed a few weeks, I'm aware. I was, long story short, my lease at the seminary ended August 1st, but my lease at my new apartment didn't begin until August 12th. And so there was like a two-week period where I was just bouncing around. It was it was a fun, fun few days, but I'm glad to have my own apartment now. And so I'm settled in. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm getting everything together. It's a really nice place. I'm living closer to my church. And so I'm super excited. And this means that I can set up my stuff again. And so I missed a few weeks and I'm really sorry. I was thinking about uploading a short little explanation podcast through my phone, but then I just figured it wouldn't really, it wouldn't match and it wouldn't really do anything. So I just decided to, to hold out until I got back or I got to my new apartment and I'm glad I did. It is super nice and I am just so thrilled to be um, in my own place. And so now I have dedicated time to, in a play, a dedicated desk. This is like my own desk. I have been recording podcasts in dorms and in like dormitories and in schools for so long, a little over two years now. And so I am excited to have my own desk to record the podcast at and eventually my own studio because I'll be transforming this area soon. So if you hear some echoing, that's because the walls are very blank right now, but we will be getting some sound panels and some things. And so I'm excited about that. But unfortunately, we will just have to wait to uh, to do that because I am bankrupt now. But anyway, so thank you for bearing with me. Thanks for being here and supporting the podcast. You guys have been just so faithful and it's really cool to watch. Like even if I don't upload for a few weeks that our views remain consistent and that people are still interested in the content that is on this podcast. Um, quick, right before we get started, I want to give a huge shout out to the Steady Anchor podcast. If you guys just want to go check out that podcast, um, the guy, they're just fantastic. It's a new startup podcast. You should seriously go check it out. And I'm planning on having uh, the Steady Anchor podcast feature on some of our shows here in the future. And I am super, super excited about that. But today, I want to talk a little bit about student ministry. It's, it's something that I really haven't talked too, too much about but it's something that I'm very intertwined in because I'm the student director at uh, at my church, and so um, I'm I'm surrounded by students. I love students; they're my passion, and uh, it's just something that I've been entrenched in for about uh, not a year quite yet, about seven months, and a little over half a year. And it's just been something that I have absolutely loved. And so I just want to share a little bit of my passion and a little bit as to why student ministry matters. I think there's this there's this misconception in the church that that student ministry is just just this peripheral ministry that that doesn't really contribute to the core of the church. And I feel like at least from what I've noticed, I feel like that that attitude towards student ministry or that idea towards student ministry is growing and it's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, if there's a budget to be cut, it usually comes from student ministry. As student directors, you know that all too well, right? Student ministry is usually one of the last um, ministries to get requests 
um, approved and sent through. And, and it can often seem, especially if you're in the leadership in student ministry, that, that student ministry is, is kind of looked down upon. And uh, personally, for me, I haven't experienced this in my job. Uh, the Summit Church just does a fantastic job at emphasizing the importance of student ministry. And, and, and that has just really encouraged my heart. But it's been something that I've seen in churches that I've worked with, churches that I've gone to, churches that, that, um, that I've just seen on, on the internet. You'll always see posts, especially in a lot of like the seminary uh, Facebook groups or a lot of like the Baptist groups and things like that. You'll see a, a lot of this frustration within student ministry. And, and then for parents and people who have people or have their students in student ministry or youth ministry, whatever you want to call it, um, it's it's also there's another aspect to it. Um, yes, you want your kids to be involved, but maybe not to your own financial expense. Or yes, uh, you want your students to be involved and have friends in the student ministry, but that can't consume their life. And I just want to speak to a few of those things. And so I'm going to direct a few different groups of people. I'm going to First, I'm going to address the student directors and pastors that may listen to this podcast. I think that's the minority of people. Uh, but I want to speak to that first. I think that's something important. And if I can encourage one student director or student pastor, that would be fantastic. Second, I want to speak to parents. I want to, I want to um, explain from a student director's perspective why parents should care and invest in student ministry. And then uh, thirdly, I want to talk to students. I want to talk to someone who has just recently gone into a student ministry, who's been plugged into student ministry for quite a while, or maybe someone who's coming out of student ministry and is struggling to find a similar community as to what he or she had in student ministry. So I want to talk to a few of those things and just address some of the things that I have seen. All right, so student directors, student and student pastors alike, student directors, student associates, student pastor, whatever you want to call them, the person who is head of the student ministry at the church. I, I am so thankful that God has called specific uh, men to pastor over students in our church. It is a high calling, and it is oftentimes tempting, especially for people aspiring pastoral positions that hierarchi hierarchically, hierarchically, I don't know how to say it, that, that seem above what a youth pastor is. A youth pastor is often seen, seen on the totem pole of pastors as like one of the lowest tiers of pastoring. And if you are struggling with that, or if that has been something that you felt from your church, or if that's just something that you've kind of bought into, I want to assure you that that that, that opinion, that view of student ministry is 100% wrong and from Satan. The thing that Satan wants to do, especially in a pastor's mind, is, is convince you that your ministry doesn't matter. Or convince you that, that your ministry is the lowest tier ministry at the church. That, that if Satan wants to ingrain that idea into your head. He wants to tell you that your ministry is not growing because of you. He wants to tell you that, that you have this position because you are the least qualified pastor out of all the staff. And so therefore you're the student pastor. I want to assure you that that, is, that that idea is from Satan. Student ministry matters. Student ministry is necessary for growing the body of Christ. 
Teaching young people to grow in their relationship with the Lord prepares them to serve Christ in all that they do. And as a result of that, it nurtures the entire congregation and churches flourish. Serving your students is a high calling. It is a high calling. And so if you are the section of student pastors who is struggling with with the idea that student ministry just isn't cared about in your church, I want to, one, encourage you that that is not true. Student ministry is essential to the health of a church. I might get a little, I might get a little pushback on that, but I'm going, that, that a healthy student ministry is essential to a healthy church. And then secondly, I, I just want to, I, I want to encourage you, maybe, maybe that's a conversation you should have with your, with your head pastor, with your senior pastor, with your lead pastor, with the elder board, whoever, whoever you report to, maybe that's a conversation you guys need to have. Because maybe there's just some miscommunication, there's some difficulties between you two that, that, that's just unresolved, and you guys don't even know about it. Maybe you feel like the senior pastor is, is causing the student ministry t- to not flourish the way that it should, but maybe the, se- the lead pastor doesn't even know that. And so just have that conversation, have that open dialogue. If, if, if that conversation is for the purpose of the health of, of the student ministry, then regardless of how uncomfortable that conversation may be, it's necessary. And now I want to talk to the section of student pastors who, who are using student ministry as a platform to get a promotion. Now this is a little this is a little bit of a trickier one. And I want to speak directly into this. If, if you are a student pastor or a student director for the sole intention of being promoted later on and you are using student ministry as a stepping stone to get to where you want to be, then please leave ministry. You are not only hurting your students, you are hurting their families and you are hurting your church. Student ministry is not a platform, it's not a stepping stone, it's not an entryway into a church job. It is a high calling that God strategically places men to pastor over students and to disciple them to engage the world with the gospel. That is a high calling to partner with families to see a generation raised for Christ. That is a high calling and it is not a stepping stone. And so I just kind of, I feel like I need to say that because from what I've seen in the church at large is that student ministry, a student pastor position is just, is just a pastor's stepping stone into a senior pastorate position. Now I want to make, I want to, you know, give a caveat to this. I want to make something clear that if you are called to a senior pastor position and God places you as a student director and you're not using, you cannot, like, that doesn't mean that it's a stepping stone. Like, you can be called to lead in a senior pastor capacity and still be a student pastor. For me, I, I am called to lead and to preach and to teach the, the Bible. That, that is where I'm called, and I feel like 
that that will most likely play out in an eldership role or a church planting role where I would serve as a teaching pastor. That is where I feel the Lord is drawing me towards. But I'm a student director right now. I'm not using student ministry as a platform to get where God is calling me. In fact, I feel like God is using student ministry to maybe prepare me for a lot of the things that I might have to deal with as a teaching pastor. And so if you're, you know, a student director or student pastor and, and your, your calling is clearly to preach and teach in that role, then know that, that you're not using that as a stepping stone per se, but it's really easy to use it as a, tep- as a stepping stone. Like it's really easy to use it as your foot into the church when there's no other way in. No, God has strategically placed you over the lives of these students. And so love and disciple them while you have time to do that. Now I want to talk to parents. This is an interesting group right here. I've dealt with parents and adults for a very long time. When I was at my old church in Florida, I was serving and serving with a lot of parents who had kids in the student ministry who I was friends with. When I was, I worked at Starbucks for roughly five years and I dealt with a lot of adults and I just, I just had to deal with people. Um, and now I'm a student director and I have to deal with parents. Thankfully, I have awesome parents and I love them to death. I'm not just saying that because, uh, because I'm on a podcast. No, the parents of my students in the student ministry are fantastic and I love them. But I think, I think there are some things that need to be addressed to parents. And I think just maybe they're not often talked about. So if you are a parent and you have a, a student, whether they're in elementary school, this, this doesn't just apply for middle and high school. When I say students, that's when I'm kind of referencing that fifth to 12th grade gap. But if, if you have a child, this, this pertains to you, especially if they're under like 18. Student ministry matters. Like I've said to the, to the student directors. But, but it gets tricky when we have to financially invest in student ministry, right? And especially when it comes to money, it's very, very difficult. I, had, I have amazing parents who invested in me and sent me to camp every year. They sent me to camp. They sent me on mission trips. Um, they, they financially invested in what I was doing in the student ministry. And, and if it weren't for their financial investment, as well as their other investments in me, their love, their care, their service towards me, all that stuff, but their financial investment plays into that. If it weren't for that, I wouldn't have gone to camp. I wouldn't have gone to Haiti. I probably would not have had my life transformed the way that I did. And I would not be a student director right now. I don't know where I would be. And so it's, it's, it's kind of, it's interesting because, because we say, well, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. And you're right, it's not. But we can't use that as an excuse not to invest in our students' discipleship. And so that means when our students are given the opportunity to go to camp, I mean, we should do everything we can to try and send our students to camp. And maybe we don't have the financial resources. Well, most churches won't let finances get in the way of allowing a student to go to camp. Or maybe there's an opportunity to go on a mission trip and your student just, like, you feel like this would just be an amazing 
an amazing opportunity for your child. Well, that means partner with your child and help them support raise. That means, yes, give to their support raising. Financially invest in these things because God uses trips like that to transform lives. And so, parents, I just want us to—I want you guys to know that that it is important to be intentional with your students in the student ministry. And so, be mindful, invest in their discipleship, both relationally, build relationships with your child. But when you can, financially invest in it as well. And the other thing is, is serve. Serve in your kid's student ministry. Get involved. How encouraging is it to, for, for your student to see their mom or dad serving in, in that type of capacity? Looking up and saying, wow, my mom, she cares. Wow, my dad, he cares. He's showing up to these events. He's... He's making popcorn. My mom's selling t-shirts or they're leading worship or they're small group leaders or they're, they're pressing space bar to make the slides on the worship songs go left to right, right to left. I don't know what Pro Presenter does, what PowerPoint does, whatever your church uses. Parents, be intentional in serving in student ministry. And, and this just goes, if you're not a parent and you're just in a church and you're not serving, serve. Like, this was actually going to be, I was debating the importance of student ministry or the importance of serving. Serve in your church. And if you're not serving, I'm going to tell you, go to student ministry because there's probably a billion trillion needs. But serve in your church. Serving your students or serving the body of Christ is a form of worship that God calls us into as believers. Just look at the church in the New Testament. You can't, they are always serving each other, both financially, hold on, let me, they're serving financially, relationally, they're, they're serving by discipling people, they're serving by caring for people's needs, that's just, that's just a model we should follow, and so parents, I want to just encourage you to be intentional with your students' discipleship. And I just want to give one word of warning to parents as well. Your student pastor or your student director at your church is not your kid's primary discipler. It is not your pastor's job to carry your son or daughter across the finish line. It's just not. And as weird as that may, as, as that may sound, they're there to serve, to love, and to disciple your kid, yes. But parent, you are the primary discipler. A student pastor, student director, sees your student 52, one, 52 times a year, basically. If you, if, the, if you are faithful in attending every week, your student director will see your kid 52 times a year. As compared to your 365 times a year. And so we just have to logically look at it. No, parents, you're the disciple maker, right? You look at Deuteronomy where, we, where God commands the people of Israel, the parents of Israel, to teach their kids these commandments. God, God is telling parents in Israel to disciple your kids. It's, I mean, that's just, it's a command. 
And so don't take that lightly and don't expect your student pastor to do it all for you. Our job is to partner with you. What I tell my parents is I'm here to partner with you. I'm here to resource you. I'm here to walk alongside of you. And so that's what, that's what's, I think there's just sometimes a miscommunication between the student pastor and the parents. And so just know that, that you're there to disciple your kids and your student pastor is joyfully and willingly coming alongside of you, partnering with you in that. But parents, you're the primary discipler. Students, lastly but not least, I just want to address one thing, and it's get involved. I think students, it's, it's super easy to get caught up in school, in work, in jobs, in papers, in life, in social activities, in hanging out with your friends. It's so easy to get involved in all of that, that church takes a back seat. And when church takes a back seat in your life, you suffer because you're not fellowshipping with fellow believers. You're disobeying commands in the Bible. You're probably not in the word daily because you aren't being held accountable or encouraged to do that by your church. And you're probably hanging out with people who aren't in the church. And so you're hanging around all these bad influences and allowing them to influence you towards things that you probably shouldn't be influenced towards. And so get involved. Don't neglect going to church. When, and it's super easy to get there. And I think, I mean, that truth is true for, for all ages at all points in times. But for students, this is, this is an important time for you. Especially if you're in high school. There are a large percentage of students who graduate high school and go off to college who stop going to church. And so when you're in high school, go to church, build that habit. High schooler, you should be intentionally making the decision to go to church yourself. You should not be going to church because your parents are making you go to church you should be intentionally making that decision for yourself. Because when you can intentionally do that in high school, that means you can intentionally do that in, in college. It's a little bit different for middle school and younger because, you know, you're dependent on parents driving you to church and all that kind of thing. But it's so easy to fall out of the church gathering. It's so easy to fall out of high school small groups, out of middle school small groups, or however your church structures it. But, but get involved. Go to church. Make friends there. Fellowship in your student ministry. My student ministry at Fishhawk Fellowship Church when I was in high school was the most fundamentally, like, I'm trying to word this right. It, is the mo it, it has been the most foundational to my relationship with the Lord. The, the foundation that was built with my student pastors at Fishhawk Fellowship is why I, in college I was able to, to remain faithful and go to church. It was because of their investment in me. And so if, if you're not doing that while you're in high school, if you're not investing into the student ministry so that your pastors can invest back in you, so your friends can invest back in you, if you're not, if you're not doing that, 
then you're not going to do it when you have the choice not to go. And so students, get involved. I hope, although these things may seem like common sense, I hope they made sense. I hope I didn't offend anyone in anything that I said, but the gospel is offensive. But nothing else should be. That's one of my favorite favorite plumb lines. So guys, I hope you were encouraged. I hope I spoke to you in some way, shape, or form. I hope that you guys go out this week and live intentionally. That you guys will live defined by the truths of the gospel and that you will allow those truths to radiate from you to others. That, that you will love your neighbor as yourself regardless of who they are or what they've done. That you would treat people um, with respect and with love. That you would pursue non-believers not pointing out their sin but pointing out that Jesus loves them. I hope that this week you will live intentionally for the gospel. And I will see you guys next week, 100%. Until next time, you are beautiful and you are one of a kind. Take care and God bless.